Whether you're new to the Wiregrass area or you've been here your whole life, you're going to learn something new about the community. Hey, this is Bethany B, and this is episode 51 of Welcome to the Wiregrass. Today, my guest is Gina Mortimer. Did I pronounce your last name? You did actually pronounce it really well. Everyone's like, Mortimer. <laughs> I don't think I, that was the first time I've ever said your Mortimer, last name. Mortimer, yeah. Well, how are you today? I'm good. <laughs> Um, so first, tell us a little bit about yourself, just so that way we can get to know you. I have a feeling a lot of people in the community about know myself you already. Yeah, like where you're from. And I'm what thin and I'm rich and I'm beautiful. <laughs> you're six feet tall. I know, right? <laughs> a size three. Everything's still perky at forty six. And are you forty six? I, I tur- thought you were like forty. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. But no, I turned forty six February twenty third. February so, babies. I don't feel it though. I still feel like I'm. 25. I still act like I'm freaking six, but I'm 46. I am been married going on. I'm not real good at this. I have a sign up on my wall. I usually referenced for how long I've been married. Um, and that was actually mailed to me by somebody. Um, 20 years with him, 21 years with him, 20 years of marriage going on. Uh, I got two sons. We waited till we were 140 to have them. So um, now Memphis is going to be 16 in October and my youngest is going to be 13 in May. You're going to have two teenagers. I know. I know. I can't believe Memphis is going to be 16. I can't even. No, really, I can't because I, I need him to drive. <laughs> I'm really tired. Are you going to um, teach him how to drive or is dad? I am. I'm actually going to be the one to teach him. And um, and he has to purchase our car from him. I'm not, I'm not one of those people that I'm just going to give my sons a car. We have uh, the Chevy Cruze was the stick shift. My rule is that I want both of my sons to learn how to drive a standard. Because it almost got my got me in trouble, you know, where I grew up from, not knowing how to drive a stick shift and, you know, being with people that have been drinking and this, that, whatever. And I mean, everything's a little bit different now. And I would want my son to call me and I wouldn't question anything. However, I couldn't do that when I was younger with my parents. <laughs> that is a good um, skill because I learned how to drive a stick shift when I was 16. Yeah. On a Jetta, but I didn't really like it because I would stall in the middle yeah. of the road and I'd get some swear words. You know, I taught myself how to drive a stick shift because I was in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I purchased a car back in Destin, and I did everything online, and I didn't even read up on it to see that it was a stinking standard, and I got there, and I had to drive the car back through Atlanta, and I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And I did. I taught myself how to drive a stick shift from Destin, Florida, all the way to Raleigh, North Carolina, stalling in traffic in Atlanta. But let me tell you something. By the time I made it back to Raleigh, I was like a race car driver. I was That's the awesome. Way to do it. It, it really is. Yeah. Out of fear. Everything out of fear. <laughs> that's the way to do it. That's how we learn no, best. But fine. anyways, that's it. I'm, um, you're not from yeah. here though. No, right? no, no. You're I'm from Florida. I claim Miami. My father was in the military. He's a retired colonel in the Air Force. And so he was always like, um, I don't know what to call it. He, he was a big wig, whatever. So we had to move a lot. So we were never in one place for a long time at all. And uh, But when he retired, we moved down to Miami. I, I claim Miami because I, I grew up there the longest out of anywhere in my entire life. And I went to school there. And uh, so was, I saw relatives down there. And, and when um, did you move to the Wiregrass area? Well... Actually, it's kind of weird because, you know, we went through Hurricane Andrew and we had a couple of houses down there. We lost everything. And by this time, I mean, I had also was not living at home, but I came home and my parents like were, oh, by the way, we sold the house. We sold the property. We're moving to Destin. I had never been to Destin. I went ahead and moved up with them. And 
I mean, I loved it. I got a job there. The night I moved up there, I went down to Destin and got a job at one of the biggest and busiest nightclubs in Destin. Actually, back in the day, it was there was only like three or four of them. Now it's just nuts. It was a night town. They had been open for a bajillion years and um, met everyone in that town and everything. My parents lived there for 20-something years. We actually just talked them into moving here a few years ago. And so I was there and then got married and... Yada, yada, yada. Moved to a few places. Raleigh, North Carolina. My husband finished up his degree after he got out of the military there at NC State. And, you know, he we moved to Tallahassee for about five years. And then after that, they a position was made and started here. And he works out of Yafala. And so we've been here. Let's see here. Um, been here 11 years. We've been in our house that we own for 10 years. And I love it. I live in Headland. I love it. You do love Headland. I do. Oh, my gosh. You're like their promoter. <laughs> I, I really, I am like team Headland all the way. I mean, they're growing so fast now, too. I mean, I would give anything for maybe a CVS up there. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. But it's it's amazing. I live in a really great subdivision, and I could have chickens in my subdivision. So, And I don't even have a fence because, I mean, they're one-acre lots. Fencing, that is bananas. But to live in a subdivision in the country... I mean, it's great fun. I've got great neighbors and cute little town square. Totally Gilmore Girls. I love Gilmore Girls. I know, me too. I've seen it I, mean, <laughs> I can I probably it reenact it for you. We could totally, yeah, I'll be Suki and you'll be. <laughs> I'll be Rory. It's there fun. you go. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I do. I do love it. So you do a lot in the Wiregrass. You have a bunch of interesting hobbies. For example, you are a beekeeper. Yes. So what got you into that and what do you love about it? Actually, I'm going to tell you, and that's actually not really me. I will say one other thing about Alabama. And just so you know, um, when we moved here, I had never even been to Alabama. I think I I think I had driven through it for like a hot minute. So pulling into here and and the the side of town that we came on, you know, was the giant metal pig. (laughs) And I and then all of a sudden we went through downtown and there was like a piggly wiggly. And I was just like, what the crap? I've only heard of Piggly Wiggly from Sweet Home Alabama. Well, I lived in Tennessee, so I knew a Piggly Wiggly because, girl, I had a cookie card, you know, when I was little. <laughs> I would go get my cookie each time. And that's where they're they're from. And um, I know the whole background to them. It's actually an incredible company, by the way. If you ever read up on Piggly Wiggly, the company where they der- derive from and everything about them, it's, it's amazing. Um, however, blah, blah, blah. But driving into to Dothan, I seriously, people from like Florida or whatever, I mean... It's a real eye-opener, and you think to yourself, oh, my gosh, what did I You know, but it's not like that at all. Seriously. As far as the bees, it, it, all that happened little by little. I mean, we, my father was a firm believer, you don't ever plant anything in your yard unless you could eat it. And, I mean, I think it's great. It's a, it, it is a smart thing. And so... You know, we've always had, growing up, numerous types of avocado trees. There's, like, tons of varieties of mango trees and banana trees and, you know, everything we've ever had. And our garden, um, my father is from Tennessee. We've always had a garden. And I love gardening. And I love mowing my grass. And so we have... Um, always grown everything. Right now I have a ridiculous amount of kale. Cabbage. I've got so many heads of cabbage. I would wanted to make sauerkraut. <laughs> and so we're getting, this weekend we're getting ready to plant our next, go, replant it. And so we got out there and I said to my husband, I was like, you know, there's so many things I want to do. So we, we got all our berry plants. We've got pear trees. We've got a pomegranate tree. We've got, I've got about 10 to 15 blueberry bushes. I've got blackberry bushes that run down my yard. We've got two peach trees. 
You have it all. We, I didn't we, realize you had all that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> I mean it, it's it's ridiculous how many, and that's not even all of them. I mean, the only thing I really can't grow, I'm not really good at, at growing strawberries because I can't fight the birds. And not only that, we have a hard time growing corn. <laughs> seems like every time we grow corn, a storm comes and just lays it down. But um, so we started there and then I ended up, I really, really wanted chickens and we had never had chicken. I mean, we never even, I was just like, oh, chickens and I love them and I want to. And so I did talk him into getting him and he built our entire coop and run from the ground up. That was one of the first things that we did when we first owned our house up there. And it was, geez, I, I want to say that maybe Sawyer, he's going to be 13. So he probably was around three or four, about four years old when we started that. And so now we have 34 chickens. I didn't know you had that many. We do. We have 34 <laughs> chickens. And not only have we built on another coop and run on the other side and then we cut because I made a retirement facility for my ones that were not laying really anymore and when it got more new ones and people have given them to us as well and and then somebody else gave us this really really adorable little tiny one which I call them like my retirement village it was a lot of my little tiny bantams that were either getting beat up or Poor little chicken. I know. I mean, it it just is what it is. I mean, it's, you know, some of them rule the roost and it's the pecking order and it happens, but the littler ones I I put in there. And so now we have a a couple (laughs) coops. But um, with the bees, Memphis, I should have said this at the very beginning. I've homeschooled my children. Um, This is our 10th year. Next year will be our 11th year homeschooling. And we are part of one of the biggest um, homeschool covering co-ops in the area. Ridgecrest, you know, there's there's many of them around here. Um, two of the big, two of the biggest ones are are Ridgecrest and Harvest, and they're they're almost run very similar. Um, they provide, you know, co-op every Tuesday, which is basically four classes. They could take up to four classes. They have semesters and all kinds of stuff, field trips and blah. I was actually the field trip coordinator for Ridgecrest for eight years with them until I started going back to school recently and had to step down. I just couldn't do it anymore. Well, we were there. They brought in Steve Loveland, which used to be the president of the Wiregrass Beekeepers Association. Steve Loveland and his wife, Anne, are amazing people that live here in Dothan. And he is no longer the president. He's got tons of beehives. Well, he came in and taught a class. And Memphis took the class. And they even provided, not only did they teach the class about bees, taught them everything that they need to learn, took them out to the place down inside the circle where they provide food. I can't think of the name. Google it. I will think of it here in a minute. We'll think of it randomly. Yeah, it is. It's it's like a, it's a garden in the middle of downtown and people actually can come and get food. It's really neat. It's all organic, but they had the bees down there. So, and they allowed them a possibility to, or the chance to actually buy honey, turn around, sell it, make a profit. And then he taught them the envelope system. Kind of like a Dave Ramsey envelope system, explaining them to them, you know, this is your money, this is your funds, we're going to separate them in envelopes for what you have to pay out, you know, whether it be gas or utilities. So the whole class, the class in general was extremely neat. Well, Memphis decided he wanted to save up his money and talk to Steve Loveland about purchasing his first hive with everything, with the bees inside of it. And he did. He saved up his money and he went ahead and he took the class a second semester or the second or the second year. And although he, you know, it was like a refresher and he loved it. And so my husband and him do a lot with it. Harvest it. We sell, we sell all the wax. A lot of people like to make, there's so many things you can make with the wax. So be it candles. A lot of the um, gentlemen at the Landmark Park Dulcimer's Club, that's mm-hmm. at wood turning. My father-in-law just sent somebody over to our house to purchase some wax. 
they used it for something for that. So there's so many uses and uh, lots of honey. Honey is the only thing that never goes bad. It could be. I love honey. I mean, literally, like you can go find a jar of honey back with Jesus and it would still be good. If you ever do some research about honey and the things it does for your body and how it's the only thing that never spoils on the face of the earth and bees in general and how far they travel. And it also, we organically garden. It's nice having those pollinators right there. And so our garden usually looks off the hook. It's amazing. I need to learn some things from you. It's good. The beekeeping, I, the chickens, well, the gardening. <laughs> here's the thing, though. I found out last year, literally the day that I was heading down to Destin with a friend, that little by little, I'm beginning to become more allergic to bee stings. Now, I was never allergic to bee stings. My husband gets stung all the time, and Memphis has gotten stung. My littles has not. <laughs> but I got stung in the head. And I look like that dude from Goonies. Oh, I mean, it was, oh my, oh my word. It was awful. So I ended up texting a picture to my friend that is a, a, an anesthesiologist. And I was like, um, I think I might have a problem. Can you call me in a steroid? (laughs) And he actually called me in an EpiPen as well. So I keep that on me. Yeah, yeah. So it's just little by little. It's good to be safe. I'm not knocking on death's door or anything, but it, it happens. I mean, we very rarely get stung, but. Is the beehive like in your backyard? It is. It's again, we live on about an acre, so it's pretty close to our wood line. So it's not super duper close to the house or anything. So, and you have a another hobby, which we actually just learned that April is National Welding Month. Yeah, it's not really a hobby; it's a career for you now. I had no idea, (laughs) no idea. Yes, I actually went to welding school twenty eight years ago. I started it. I originally wanted to become an underwater welder. These days, not so much. I uh, had a heard of an underwater. Oh welder. yeah, yeah, lots and lots of money, but you know the radiation underwater, lots of stuff going on with it. But I ended up having a article done about me in the neighbor section of the Miami Herald front page, and it was amazing. And I got lot a lot of people contacting me down there. Um, Turkey Point, the nuclear plant, all kinds of places. I had a lot of friends that I hung out with, a lot of guys that were welders. So they kind of taught me, but I spent a lot of time starting out just brazing and using acetylene torch and, um, or I like to call it cheap labor because it was around the hurricane time and they had us cut up prison light poles. And so I'm like, I am the boss at cutting stuff up. (laughs) Um, Even now, still, it was like, it felt like yesterday. However, I never finished up my certification and my kids are getting older and I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back to school. And, and I looked into the short certification for Wallace and I ended up getting a couple scholarships from the Dothan Elks Lodge that, you know, I frequent a lot and I'm on their committees over there. And I was one of the first people to, to get a scholarship for the, is it Tara Paul scholarship? I think is the gentleman's name. He was, had a heart for um, Votech schools and and so it allowed me the opportunity to go and let me tell you something those instructors over there Mr. Joey Jackson that oversees the entire welding program and then uh, we have a uh, Corey Butterfield which is my main instructor four days a week and then I have uh, Justin Bryant Dean which is my instructor Fridays and of course you know they have I want to call them kind of instructors also I mean they've worked there for many many years that work in the shop I'm um, Justin Barfield and uh, Mr. Robert Gilly. And these gentlemen, all of them, all five of them are absolutely amazing. And it's not like, hey, amazing because I'm a girl. They're, I've watched them with everybody, and they're incredible welders, all of them. And they're so willing to help anybody. And I'm almost finished up with my, 
I have like a couple more weeks and then my first semester's done. I got one more semester and it's been a great experience. I would recommend it to anybody and everybody, whether it would be a dual enrollment for a kid or we've had a couple gentlemen that are older gentlemen that have come back and decided that they've wanted to learn or just decide to go into another career field. And with COVID and everything and really finding out who was important and not when it came to jobs. I mean, not only say important or not, but I mean, things are more pertinent when a pandemic rolls around. (laughs) So they're starting to realize that more of these blue collar jobs are, there's a great need for them more than other things. So it was, it was neat. I love it. I absolutely love it. Weren't you just in the newspaper too, like in January or February? Actually, really funny. I was my second class, like my second day in school. They were like, hey, can Peggy Ustry come out and do an article? And I was like, sure. I love Peggy Ustry. She's a great writer. She has done so many. I've talked to her about a million times about a lot of stuff. And she, it was neat because my article was picked up by CNN. That's so cool. It was so weird. And I texted her. I was like, she's like, oh, well, that's a definite first for me to have an article picked up by CNN. And um, a female, you know, in a, again, an older female now. I mean, I'm not even a younger female. So it was like, old lady goes back to school, <laughs> no. finishes degree, doesn't break hip. You know, I mean, it was, it was funny, but it was a good article. That's, so did CNN interview you too? Or no, just the article? no, it was just scooped up over there social media wise and it was posted. And so it was good. So what do you want to do with welding once um, you're done with school? Oh, my word. I have been asked that by everybody. <laughs> I'm asked that by every time I go into one of these like air gas and things like that when I go to find, you know, either, I don't know, covers for my head or goggles or whatever. They're always like, what are you going to do? I'll, truth be told, even after I am certified in August, I am hoping to go back and continue to take a couple courses each semester. Um, unfortunately, I found out that I need to have shoulder surgery, which is really hard. I have um, torn rotator cuff and superior labrum tear, so which is kind of making it difficult for me in school because you got to hold imagine. your arm up. It's sore. Yeah, I live off of Motrin right now. Hoping after I have that surgery, after my certification, I'm pushing that off until August, that I can go back and take a couple little courses here and there and, and continue on and keep learning. We did look into sanitation welding. I say we, us and I, if we were talking about it, because, you know, dairies do sanitation welding, breweries do sanitation welding. I know. <laughs> All that excitement. Um, very specific welding to make sure that there's, you know, no underlying crevices and things of that nature, anything where bacteria can grow. If you ask my husband, I'm apparently going to be building smokers for the rest of my life. We actually, we just had this conversation. He's like, listen, I'm at this place and there's this huge old propane tank. We can turn it into a smoker. Well, if we ever get our tax return, because apparently everyone's on hold for that, uh, we were looking at possibly getting a welder uh, um, and, and doing something with it there. And and I'm not real artsy fartsy or anything of that nature, but I will tell you this. I've lived in Destin for many, many, many years and there's always shops. And I've always... They have some really fun and cool, funky wine rack holders. Oh, I love wine and wine rack I holders. I know. You're like, oh, you I love wine. One. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, they, they're they amazing. I remember moving to Destin and going into this funky little shop, and it was a tree, literally a tree. Like, it was a six-foot tree holding wine, and all the bottles Ooh. went everywhere. And it was so fun, but I want to say it was like $3,000. Yeah, I don't um, like them that much. And then now, I mean, looking at it now in my head and, and thinking about how I can weld and things that I can use, I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I could probably go through like 
recycling trash to go find stuff and, and make that and be like, it's a masterpiece. Twenty five hundred. I know, right? <laughs> five thousand. Right? Yeah. So can I get truth, a family discount? Remind me, right? Truth be told, you probably give me a bottle of wine and be like, here's yours. Okay. But, okay, you too. <laughs> but no, I, I haven't. I have not really thought too much into it right now. Right now, I just I want to be good. I want to be good at it, and I I, I think that's my focus right now. I don't I don't want to look too far into the future. And quite frankly, if I look too far in the future, it would be me looking more towards what I can do for my sons because and that they wine be, rack. yeah <laughs> and that's why I got the wine rack okay. um, as long as we stay lit you know um, you know my son wants to go he's looking at possibly going to college for theater and there's some of the hardest schools to get into like mm-hmm. FSU for theater is, is bananas hard to get in and you know he's kind of got his eye on the prize and he does a lot of theater and my right. youngest, he's apparently going to be a YouTube gamer and start purchasing diapers and hopefully get... <laughs> purchasing diapers. <laughs> so he doesn't have to get up to go to the bathroom. Uh, to go. <laughs> it's like gaming he diaper. sponsored by, I don't know, Depends. <laughs> and we've got big hopes. No, he doesn't. So, I mean, he's That's still hilarious. young. So <laughs> maybe yell at the TV a bit. I don't know. Well, I think it's great you're in welding because a lot of people know as men doing welding yeah and the fact that you're going back into it you're a role model because there could be a girl out there uh-huh. that's like well i want to get back into school or i want to do welding but yeah. i don't know if i can because i'm a girl and they can look up to you yeah. like, well, if gina did it i can do it, it right i mean because i'm crazy <laughs> i mean i seriously those are the words i mean i i was scared oh i had such anxiety when i finally officially enrolled i had such anxiety um and especially my age Going back and, and I'm, it's different from when you're younger, you know, you kind of take it in this, that, whatever, you know, I sit up there in that class with all these younger kids that are doing rule and I'm like Rain Man. I'm all writing it down. I'm taking soapstone. I'm writing all over my walls. It looks like, what's that show? I can't with seven where everything's written oh. on the walls. <laughs> well, that's me. Like if you have to learn anything, I take soapstone and I write it all over my metal walls and my cub- cubicle. And I mean, I've had my instructors walk by me and just like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with her? <laughs> I use posts. I love posts. I write them on everything. Well, the posts would catch on fire. <laughs> yeah. So Instead of welding. Maybe gear. I won't be a welder. But I'll let you do that. That'll be good. Well, you do it all. And another thing you do is you help out with our local theater company, SEAC, so Southeast Alabama Community Theater. What made you want to get involved with theater? Did you have a theater background at all? Mm, No, just I'm very dramatic. You're like, sure she did did for 20 something years. No, I mean, it's absolutely something that I I love. We're always like, we need to get our kids in something. Well, we we tried everything when my kids were younger. You know, Sawyer did football twice. We, We always say you have to finish something out if you start it. He wanted to do football. Well, we were like, you can't quit football until you guys win the Super Bowl. It took him a couple of years. They won the Super Bowl, and he was like, I'm done. So hot. That then he wanted to do Taekwondo. Can't stop Taekwondo until you get a black belt. Took him three years. He got his black belt. That's probably why he wants to sit on the couch and play video games yeah. all the time, because his mom and dad were really mean. Um, Sponsor diapers. Yeah. And Memphis wanted to, you know, he, he would just read all that. He's my reader. He's the one that is just the analytical, would sit around and just be like, I'm hungry. Let me read a book. I'm, he has to have it an actual book in his hand. He's got to have the entire series. He's got to start from beginning to end. And so we tried guitar and we tried a few other things and it just wasn't him. And I thought, you know what? His friend was in a show. They just started. I was like, I'm going to take him down there and he's just going to try it out. And, and he did. And 
it's been a quite a few years now. So he's been in a few shows. He was in a lots of shows with another theater company, Spark. He was in, you know, he was Charlie Brown. He was uh, in Susical. He they'd gone to competition for that up in AYTE, and he played the father. Uh, he was in Mary Poppins. He was in Once on the Silent Junior as Ogway. Just numerous, numerous shows, and he loved it. And they had mentioned to get us in, get him into voice lessons. And we started with Cindy Ward here locally, and she is incredible. I love her. I'm her biggest fan because she truly worked wonders with Memphis. So much so that he just went to AYTE, and he won Best Male Actor Singer out of State of Alabama for American Youth Theater Experience, and it it took he's him three. Fifteen. He's fifteen. Yeah, and it took him three years. He he went there three years. Or oh, he's has he gone there three times? Yeah, this is his third time going, and and he officially won, and he it it was amazing for him to see his accomplishment. Yeah, yeah the tears. I wasn't able to be there with him this time because I was actually in a show myself. So having him call me around 12, 1 o'clock in the morning when he won it, just sobbing, it was amazing. And it's something that he wants to do now. And my thing with me doing it is that I would help out all the time. So if I'm there, I'm there as many hours and you're committed. And it's a volunteer situation. We don't get paid. It's like a part-time job. It really is. But and it's fun. Oh, yeah. It laughs and people and the family. It, theater is, it's family. And... Mm-hmm. So I would work backstage or I would help with the, you know, the kids parties or I would. And then it ended up getting to the point where I started stage managing and I was, you know, either moving stuff during the show. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to audition. And I auditioned for Chicago and Margot Wright. She ended up casting me and I was in like five different numbers for that. And that was singing, dancing, which, you know, fake it till you break it because this chick ain't no singer. I mean, I can wing it. But um, that show was amazing. And then I was super blessed by J.E. Saliba because I wanted to do a straight play because I love acting stupid and wonky and, and talking, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he casted me in my first straight play, speaking, which straight play means speaking roles, no singing, no nothing. And um, I was a Las Vegas showgirl getting ready to marry a sugar daddy and <laughs> got in a, a big old bar f- fight on stage with somebody. And it was, and then sure enough, here I was casted in just the most recent show by Sam and Eddie Farnham. That had another fight. Which, <laughs> which was another bar fight to where like even literally in three and a half inch heels thrown across the table. Um, and a dress. In a dress. <laughs> and, uh, and that was a huge role because we were all pretty much the same across the board as far as our roles. There was seven of us, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, it was... When I got the script, I was like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to memorize all this? You and did it. You were so good I, at I, it. I, had a, I was starting school and that show exactly at the same time and I, I didn't even know I was like oh my gosh what did I do so I was writing my lines on the wall so when I would look up <laughs> all kinds of stuff it was it was a great experience of stage managing and I love all the things I could possibly do with SEACT I do love being on stage but same I'm definitely a center of attention kind of girl so but you're also just, backstage and stuff too oh yeah because <laughs> honestly yeah because if I'm not if I don't get a role or whatever it is what it is because, you know, everyone has a, these producers and directors and such, they have an idea of what mm-hmm. they want and who in their head of what they see. That's they have how a I, vision. They really do because that's how I got Mama Won't Fly. I mean, I am a platinum blonde and, you know, they needed a Las Vegas showgirl and I'm, you know, I mean, I spend my entire time out at the pool and or the beach. So, I mean, I'm for the most part tan. My, my mama's Asian. So I got, I got, she is? 
She was I born. Didn't know that. She uh, she was born in Tachikawa, Japan, like my grandpa's pure country, and my grandmother, um, Indonesian, Hawaiian, Japanese. Yeah. Interesting. I just yeah. learned something new about you. I had no idea. Yeah, Mama's got jet black hair, dark skin. Yeah, and she's. Um, I saw relatives over in Holland and everything else. Yeah, and and also in Indonesia and it's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, wow. so I tan very well. Yeah. So <laughs> I need to tan. I won't be standing next yeah. to you. <laughs> I look like a ghost. Like, but but yeah. So I mean, it's theater's great, and and they always. They're so accepting too of they, people. Oh my gosh, they always want new people. Mm-hmm. That's I love hearing people say, "Oh, I've always thought about that." I'm like, just do it. Yeah, because it's scary when you first do it. Because like when I moved here, I didn't know anyone, yeah. so I was like, "I'm not yeah. literally not going to know anyone." Yeah, and you were one of the first people I met with mm-hmm. C Act, and you kind of took me under your wing, and now. It's like family. Like I love You're it. You're pro. Like everyone's <laughs> like, oh, it's Bethany. Oh. You know? But no, I mean, seriously, like, I think people feel like they're going to show up to audition and everyone's going to know all the lines and know the show. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. They don't put it out ahead of time usually for everybody. They just kind of blindly say, okay, here is your book. Kind of read these lines. And they know that people are new, so they're not expecting you to go in there like a, as the world turns rock star, knowing how to do everything. It, it, we just recently had somebody in uh, Rainbow Bar and Grill that was brand new. And oh, love he him. was, oh my word. Yes. He's so sweet. He did amazing. He, he has the really best voice. Yeah. He, he is. He's so funny, but he was, he's funny in general. Mm-hmm. I just adore him and his wife and knowing that he was coming on the show and, and he, I really feel like that he is going to be ass back and everyone loved him everyone loved working with him and and it was new to him and, and he loved it he did he did <laughs> he said every time I can't believe it I don't know how I'm gonna memorize this I don't, and he had a lot of lines too but yeah. he killed it so CX always looking for new faces you know you can't keep rolling with all the same people all the time and and a lot of those same people they want to do other stuff like direct and produce and everything else and not be on the stage anymore or whatever or do all these other things so it, it's great having They're new people and people. absolutely so you and I were both not from Alabama. Yes. Obviously, I'm not from Alabama. <laughs> you can't tell by my accent. Oh, you're going to be saying y'all and you guys y'all. soon. <laughs> for someone who has just moved or even for someone who says there's not a lot to do here, what is some advice you can give to them to get them out into the community? Oh, my word. I think the biggest thing that frustrates me is the people that just literally just says that. There's nothing here to do here because it's not true. There's so much. I, I mean, think you got to get involved with you're just not putting forth the effort. You know, when I moved here, Facebook just started, literally just started. And do you know that there were no parents groups here, like moms groups? And when I was in Tallahassee, there were all these uh, meetup.com was huge back then. And I would do things I'd young kids. And so I started Dothan Moms here. We were living at the extended stay hotel. And I looked at my husband. I was like, so can I pay for this? And he was like, what are you going to post? Where are you guys going to meet up? I was like, I will find a park and I will ask my friends from Tallahassee to join so we could look like we've got people. And so I'm a very build it, they will come kind of person. I did, you know, and Peggy Estre actually did an article about it. That's how I met her 10 years ago. Oh, okay. It was neat. We went to like 100 members overnight because there was not that community. And so now with Facebook, there's communities all over the place. I mean, you know, moms groups and gardening groups and sewing clubs. And there's a ton to do that people don't realize that down at the Cultural Arts Center, in the messy space that they do ceramics and they do art and they do drawing down there and Sea Act is based out of there and there's, there's all the music shows. Lessons too. There, yeah, yeah. And then there's also 
I mean, I'm trying to think. We constantly have something at the Civic Center, and then the Dothan Opera House is apparently supposed to be opening back up. Ooh. Yeah, which is really exciting. And now, you know, they have the plant. So since the plant's been open, we have all of these bands coming in. We now always that we have live concerts again. Exactly. <laughs> it's so great. There is everything at Landmark Park, constantly doing stuff out there. Every single little town has something going on. We had a Foster Fest downtown constantly, and we haven't started that back up yet. However, Headland has something going on. It's, it's, I think it's the last Friday of every month. Well, I just noticed that Headland has some huge bands coming to play. Adam Jones, his band. Oh, yeah. He's so good. Yes, yes. Okay. You know, so they're coming to play in Headland. And like I said, they're growing quickly. So they have... Uh, they have so many things that they're... Just search, like, things to do near Oh, me. my word. Yeah. I mean, there really is. I can't even think of a weekend that we're not doing something. And also fun stuff. Like, there's these, you know, folklore. Mm-hmm. They try to pride themselves here locally on kid-friendly places, even if it is a brewery. And so, majority of the places, like, folklore that has food on site, and they always have bands. And then you have... which. Thirsty Pig, which is huge when it comes to kid-friendly place out back. They have lots of wooden games and Jenga and this, uh, whatever, and you can bring your dog. And they have a food truck, and Carrie is just so kind that owns it. Then we have my favorite place, Southern Fields Brewery, which is not far from here. I spend a lot of time there, and they bring in a food truck every weekend, which I love because they're constantly supporting the community, Mm -hmm. which are all these different companies and food trucks and everything else that is local. And again, kid-friendly. So there's always something to do. something you like, too. Like, for me, when I moved here, I was interested in animals, love animals, Mm -hmm. and theater. I was like, okay, let me try and get involved with those two things. Mm -hmm. Because I want to, like, overdo myself when I first got here. So, and that helped a lot, too. And, you know, we still have a drive-in movie theater. I love the drive-in movie theater. It's so fun. Yes! I go there. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So there's very few of those around the U.S. And we have a drive-in theater, which is amazing. Cute little date night. Me and my boyfriend, we went there over the summer. So So cute. Yeah, I love it. So many fun things. So, and, of course course barbecue we're the south (laughs) (laughs) fried food too (laughs) lord have mercy yes (laughs) one last thing what is a fun fact about yourself there's a lot i feel like (laughs) do you i mean beekeeping is a fun fact i mean (laughs) welding (laughs) yeah i don't know i'm an extrovert introvert do you know that like i'm kind of like that i'm i am completely and utterly outgoing i love talking to people one of my friends she calls me a people keeper, a people collector. I do. I can't help it. <laughs> I can't help but talk to everybody. But I love um, that because when I first started with like mm-hmm. C Act, I was super, I'm like super quiet until mm-hmm. people start to get to know me and I get to know them. Uh-huh. And you always like went up to me and I loved it because I would be in the corner. I'm not so saying glad. Anything. But if I'm in a car with somebody and they're an introvert or they're quieter and there's or even on a radio dead air i'm like dead air what do i say and i start saying stupid stuff and <laughs> That's I'm, good, oh it's bad like i mean no it's not bad i mean i'll even talk about poop i don't even know what it is I mean, it's, it's just that's usually when i say the dumbest things ever because it's, it feels so awkward and i don't even know what's going on and i'm like oh my god well i That's think it. you're a very interesting person <laughs> I love i'm glad you, you do <laughs> i've known you for almost two years now i think gosh that's crazy you know I had my first moon pie with you. <laughs> yeah, you did. That was weird. <laughs> Their moon pie 
pies, right? They were mean pies. <laughs> They're gross. <laughs> They're okay. <laughs> I mean, they ain't no s'more or anything, oh, but you know, s'mores. it is what it is. <laughs> well, thank you, Gina, for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. If you would like to be featured on Welcome to the Wiregrass, send me an email. It's bethany at trpdothan.com. Thank you for listening to episode 51 of Welcome to the Wiregrass. Brought to you by The Radio People.